huge welcome to the Where Pets Are Family podcast, which is brought to you by the team from MaxiZoo. In this series, we will bring you tips and useful advice. And we will also introduce you to some of our special team from around the country who will tell us all about their favourite pets. We love our pets just as much as you do. I hope you enjoy the show. A big welcome to Cochalin King, to the Where Pets Are Family podcast. How are you keeping? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, very, very good. And it's your first appearance on the podcast, so welcome. Thank you. <laughs> and you're coming to me all the way from Dundalk, I believe. That's it. Yeah. So I presume for the customers that have met you there, that have met you because they're going to get their dog groomed. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're in the grooming salon in the Dundalk store, I believe. That's it, yeah. I'm down in the very bottom of the salon. Perfect. And I know today we're going to have a big conversation about a topic we've been asked an awful lot about on the social media accounts, which is all about dog molting. I had a dog and he's long gone now. Poor Bing. Anytime he just walked past your leg, if you're wearing dark trousers, you're in big trouble. You'd end up with hairs everywhere and white. So... Yeah, you would have been very useful to me at that point in time. So tell me, before we get into all of that, Cochalin, do you have a pet yourself, do you? I do. I have a little four-month-old English pointer at the minute. Oh my God. And is he the love of your life, is he? Absolutely. Like, he really is. He's just, I personally think he's the cutest dog in the world. <laughs> but I might be biased. Yeah. What's his name? His name is Echo. And tell me, is he part of the family at this stage, is he? Most definitely, yeah. <laughs> He's settling very well. Really, really well, yeah. He just fit in really nicely with everybody. Yeah, and does he have a little personality of, of his own, does he? He does. He's so boisterous, but all of a sudden he just turns into a big sloth and he just wants to lie and sleep for hours on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes from frenzy to just being in a coma. That's it, yeah. As soon as the zoomies are gone, he's conked out. So, molting. Why do some dogs molt and others not molt? So it really depends on the dog's coat and the dog's hair themselves. So you can have um, dogs that don't shed at all, like Bichons, or you can have dogs that have a double coat, such as Samoids or Huskies. And that double coat has to change twice mostly twice a year removing its winter coat and growing its summer coat and then removing the summer coat and then growing its winter coat so it is a very seasonal thing is it most definitely yeah very seasonal and tell me what some breeds would it be more than a seasonal thing would you have some dogs that would molt on a continuous basis some dogs you can absolutely yeah but the shorter haired dogs would molt kind of all the time just losing that hair and then you have the seasonal ones too well <laughs> my poor mr bing was uh, definitely one of those who molted all of the time and <laughs> is it something to be worried about if your dog is molting excessively because some people think oh my god is the dog sick or anything on average no it's not something you should be worried about unless they're kind of molting in one certain spot and they're, you're starting to notice like little ball patches on the dogs then that is something to worry about but when the dog is just generally molting and it's molting pretty evenly it's it's pretty normal okay and should you just sit back and observe it and let it happen and let the house be ruined or more proactive 
Definitely more proactive because once they start to mold, they seriously mold and hair is absolutely everywhere. So giving the dogs a good brush every day would really start to take out that undercoat and also getting the dog regularly groomed. That's a really great help to stop the molding or to make the molding a wee bit quicker. Okay. And if you were brushing them yourself at home, is there a particular type of brush that you should be using? There is particular types of brushes, yeah. You can get ones that have like um, long pins and they're really great for dogs with like long hairs. And then you can get ones with the small pin brushes and they're really great for short haired dogs too. Okay. And can you get those in store? Can you get those in MaxiZoo? Yeah, can of course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fabulous. If you have a nervous dog who may not like the brush, is there anything you should be doing to try and relax the dog or anything like that? You must have a few tricks up your sleeve because you groom them all of the time. That's it. I think the main thing to do with a nervous dog is not to just dive straight in. They're coming to me and they're afraid and this whole room smells different. So you want to kind of build a rapport with the dog. I tend to sit on the floor and pet them for a couple of minutes just to kind of for them to know that I'm not like I'm not somebody to be afraid of. And then once you do start to build that rapport, then you can pop them on the table and just start rubbing them before you pick up any equipment. It's just about getting the dog relaxed enough that they trust you. Yeah. And I presume if you do it in the right way, it feels like they're just being petted. Absolutely. And then all of a sudden you're brushing them with a brush and they have no idea. So in a way, as opposed to it being such a big surprise twice a year, should you brush them a little bit during the year just to get them used to it? Most definitely. I would be recommending brushing the dog at least twice a week, just so they get used to all of those touches on the head or the belly or the tail. And then once they come into the groomers, then they're not as afraid as they were because you've been brushing them at home. Okay, so the trip to you needn't be as daunting. So if they've done their own little bit of preparation beforehand. Yeah, that's definitely it. Yeah. One of the questions that we're being asked on social media is about washing the dog. Is that something that helps the molting process? It does, yeah. It will help to bring out that undercoat and then with the water as well, it'll make it come out a wee bit easier too. And another question we're being asked is, does fish oil help with their diet is that something that would help the molding or to reduce it it does it is really great for the coat so giving them fish oil or giving them a food with with added fish oil in it will make that coat a little bit more shinier and a little bit healthier so it won't fall out as much but and if it does it'll come out a wee bit easier too are there particular brands you should be looking out for or did you just ask that some of the team in store just the ones you see in the, the dog ones in store would be perfectly fine. If that is a solution to them molting a lot, should you just be introducing that food to them around the molting season or would you be recommending just have them on that diet anyway? I would recommend having them on that diet anyway. I think it's quite good for them. It's good for their skin as well. So as long as they're getting the correct amount for their age and their weight, it would be perfectly fine to keep them on it. Okay. What would unusual uh, hair loss be, you know, that's outside of the ordinary? What would you be a little bit worried about and think, yeah, maybe I should be chatting to the vet about this? Mm -hmm. If they're losing hair in the same spot, like let's say just at the 
the back or something and the skin's looking a wee bit flaky you're starting to see the skin a little bit more and then it's very red that's when I would be going to visit your vet okay because that's something that wouldn't be very ordinary that's a that's a sign that something is wrong really is it absolutely yeah the groomer could play a part in even identifying something that could be wrong because obviously you see so many dogs every single day. The odd time, would you be recommending that some of your customers that they should maybe be taking their dog to a vet? Yeah. As much as I'm there to groom the dog, I'm also there to inspect the dog too. I'd be cleaning out their ears and making sure that they are clean and the dirt that's in them is just general ear dirt. If I feel like there's... I'm constantly looking out for smells or something that feels weird or if the, if, if the skin's hot. And then if I do feel like any of that there isn't normal, I will always recommend to go visit the vet. Yeah, because you see so many dogs every day, you would spot if there was something a little bit unusual. So before I let you go, are there any kind of last tips you'd have for anyone with a molting dog? <laughs> My main tip would be start young. As soon as you get your puppy and the puppy settled in, start brushing them as much as possible so it becomes fun for him. So it's not every time he sees the brush, he freaks out and runs away. He's kind of like a nice bonding experience for the puppy. So then once the dog is a little bit older and they do start to mold, they enjoy it. They enjoy getting brushed out and it's not a big task that you're running, the dog's running away and you're running after them with a brush. Also, trips to the groomers starting young is really great too. It gets them used to all the noises and the different smells and stuff like that as much as possible. Yeah, so try to make it a fun activity and not something they should be nervous about. Most definitely, yeah. Cochelin, thank you so much. That's been really helpful. I certainly have learned a few bits and pieces. I'm sorry I didn't chat to you when I had our little dog Bing with us. And thankfully, the two we have now, Honey and Bert, they're really, really good. I don't have any terrible issues. So hopefully I'll see you in Dundalk sometime. Absolutely, yeah. Nice talking to you. <laughs> Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Now let's hear from one of the special members of the Maxi Zoo team and all about their favourite pet. Anthony Kremen, a big welcome to the Where Pets Are Family podcast. How are you keeping? Good, good. Great to be here. Happy to have an opportunity to, to talk about my dogs. Talking about them with my friends and family all the time, they're probably sick of hearing me talk about dogs, 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 pets, dogs. But it's great to have a platform to be able to, to do it and share, share my, um, my background. And it's an amazing thing, you know, when you know someone as a pet and you know people are dog lovers. When you're out in a boat and you're meeting your buddies, maybe for a drink or whatever, the whole dynamic changes and suddenly it's not the family pictures you're sharing on the phone. It's a picture of your dogs. Oh, without a doubt. And, you know, you often see these kind of these uh, posts going on in social media. Show us the last photo you took on your, your phone. If someone was to look at the last 100 photos of my phone, it's probably one of the wife and probably 99 of the dogs. <laughs> and one of my little tricks when you take pictures and you push them out on social media, you know, everything now is about hashtags. So when I take a photo of my two, I'll always use the hashtag Honey and Bert. So mm -hmm. anytime, you know, where you're in that situation, someone is asking you to show me a picture, I quickly use the hashtag <laughs> to find them. And it easily pops up. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. great, isn't it? Yeah, and it is lovely because... I think in a way, we have so many fantastic memories with them. And we even had a, a lovely dog before that, poor old Bing or Mr. Bing, I, I used to call him. 
and the odd time I'd go back and, you know, look back at the old photographs and they teach you an awful lot about life. And I just know myself, all of those warm memories that you had with them, uh, you know, walks on the beach and holidays and funny little habits that they'd have. There's something that you treasure forever. Uh, without a doubt. And, you know, when we were talking previously, Greg, you know, from the age of three, I've been exposed to, to dogs and pets in my family. I had a border collie at such a young age. Then growing up, I had three for the Pomeranians. I've had two Huskies and now I'm, you know, delighted to say I'm the owner of two dogs myself. But every time I'm walking down the street and if I see a Husky, it reminds me of memories that I have with my, my family pets at, at home at my parents' place. If I see, you know, a Pomeranian, I think about the, you know, the different and unique experiences I've had with my palms growing up. So without a doubt, the, the shift from the focus topic, if you're in a pub or something, if you're talking to someone about um, something and it's talking about pets, you start to talk about, you know, the pets you've had and how they've changed your life growing up and the experiences they've had in your life. And when you think of your own pets and the memories you had with them, do any particular things come to mind? Yeah, interestingly, I suppose, like the, the years, I suppose, where you're growing up as, as a child, when I had the, the Pomeranians, you know, you start to think about being out the back with them, running around, playing with them, chasing ball. You know, someone comes to the, a stranger comes to the house, maybe delivering a package and then running down the garden, barking at the, the stranger and, you're telling him to, to stay quiet. You know, it's all those things, I suppose, you start to, to reminisce on afterwards and, and look back and they're the, the kind of the cherished moments. And in one sense, it makes me, you know, look at my current dogs, even at the moment, they're still, you know, puppy stage or just coming out of puppy stage. But I definitely, you know, I look at them now, you know, thinking, mm, I'm going to cherish this moment now, 15 years down the line. And I'll make sure to take more pictures so that I have more memories and more videos so I can capture that moment and I'll always have it. Yeah, something that I regret was that we didn't have pets when we were growing up. We weren't allowed. Now, having said that, Anthony, I used to have a newspaper round. So mm -hmm. on the newspaper round, as you can imagine, a lot of the customers I was delivering the Cork Examiner to at the time or the Evening Echo after, a lot of those customers would have had dogs. And I can tell you, I was chased by more than one of them more than <laughs> once. Uh, besides me and the postman, I'm not sure who they liked or disliked more. Yeah. But in a funny way, you get to know them. And I think I was telling you this earlier, that my only experience of having a pet in the house was when there was a local garden fete and a farmer dropped off uh, a donkey for the donkey rides. And for some reason, he didn't pick the donkey up. Maybe he was having a few pints in the pub. So the donkey ended up staying in our house for a few days. And as you can imagine, there was a, a right mess in the garage. Oh, but the kids in the school across the way anyway had great fun coming over at lunchtime to see the donkey. And uh, that, that was my only experience of having a pet. Do you think having a pet changes you as a person? Without a doubt. And I think typically if you're exposed from such a, a young age, you know, I think it teaches you how to be compassionate, how to, to show empathy, to show love, to receive love. I think one of the greatest things about, you know, having a patient, I'm going to speak from experience about having a dog, is that no matter how bad your day has been, I mean, they'll always be there for you. Um, and they'll always be there to, to brighten up your day. I, I take a simple example. Yesterday, I was doing housework and, you know, the dogs would be running around and chasing each other because they're, they're young and they're playful, you know. And I stood on one of their paws and, you know, I'm there like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Even when you do something that hurts them, their instant reaction isn't actually to, to hate you. It's the opposite. 
it's actually love you and, and it, it's great. And I think from a, a point of view of having pets in the family, I think it, it changes the dynamic of a household. You know, you always hear this thing, you know, kind of a house and then you have a home. I think adding pets into your house makes the house at home. I know there's a particular dynamic in your house now because you have two dogs. Mm-hmm. Could you tell me about them? I got two dogs actually during the, the COVID pandemic. So one of them is a miniature Jack Russell. So he's um, just over a year and a half um, and his name is Harley. And I also have um, a female cockapoo and her name is Phoebe and she'd be just over a year. And interestingly, we, we'd only, myself and my wife had only intended to actually get one dog, which was the miniature Jack Russell. But unfortunately, he had very bad separation anxiety when myself, my wife used to, to leave him for a little while. So then that's when we got the, the second dog and thankfully they get on great and his separation anxiety has totally uh, disappeared, where, which which is fantastic. But uh, yeah, it's interesting, even when we got one dog, we weren't anticipating having a second dog. And <laughs> you have everything that comes comes with that. But um, yeah, no, really grateful to have the two of them. And just from the moment I get up in the morning to the moment where you know I go to bed at night, they play a large impact and role throughout my day which is something I'm really fortunate and lucky to, to be able to have. And that separation anxiety, how did that manifest itself? It was literally the dog being very sad, I presume, when you had to leave the home, was it? Yeah, sad and, and, and nervous and you'd be doing a lot of shaking. And it would be because, you know, maybe myself and my wife had to go do, do the shopping or visiting relatives. And I suppose we got him during the pandemic where myself and my wife walking from home, we were really lucky that we were still employed during the pandemic. And I suppose then with changing lives and changing passions and people going back to a bit of normality, there's an element of, you know, I had to go back into the office. My wife had to go back into the office. So I suppose a, a different atmosphere to what he was brought up with. And there was a change in, I suppose, how he was going to be seeing us uh, around the house and his environment. So um, thankfully, myself and my wife, we managed to try and work our schedules that there's always even, you know, one of us here with the two dogs. And if not, that they aren't left alone for any degree longer than, than a few hours. We have either neighbours or friends or family relatives to pop in, in to see them. But um, it was interesting. It was the first time I'd experienced that from a personal perspective, I should say, that um, of, you know, separation anxiety and, and the effect that can have on the dog. So... For anyone who is contemplating getting a pet and if they are going to be away from the home, you know, for big chunks of the day, getting a buddy for them or having two instead of just one, it probably isn't a bad idea. No, definitely. Yeah, I suppose it's a, you know, it's it's a heartwarming thing. And I suppose just like even, you know, a human, if you're alone for a lot of time throughout the day, you know, it can be a bit lonely. So, I mean, to have a companion, to be able to to share that element of the day, which I think, you know, be it a human or if you're a pet, it makes a, it makes a big difference. So, no, they get on great, which is fantastic. Very mischievous, playful, affectionate, <laughs> all of the above. But I wouldn't change it for the world. Tell me about the different personalities between the two. Oh, different personalities, yeah. So, uh, I suppose the cockapoo, Phoebe, She's probably, if I was to compare a personality wise or celebrity, it would probably be like Kim Kardashian. So the spotlight always has to be on her when we're walking down the street or we're going for a walk in the park. I mean, she'll go out of her way to make sure that people know she's there and make sure that she jumps on top of people, gets the love and the affection. And then my minister, um, Jack Russell Howley, is probably the opposite. He'd be more of a kind of a Kevin Cosner from the bodyguard. <laughs> um, very protective um, of the people that's around him. 
but at the same stage, very affectionate and very loving as well. So two very different personalities. And do they have a favorite between yourself and your wife? Does one tend to be oh, yeah, one of it? They do, yeah. Harley is very stuck to my wife, and then Phoebe is very stuck to me. I think Phoebe's probably stuck to me because we're both foodies. <laughs> <laughs> And Howley is probably stuck to my wife because they both like their comfort and curling up on the sofa and two of them watch a movie together. It's, it's amazing when you're, you know, you're, you're sitting down, you're observing, you know, a dog and different keys that you look out for and what they're doing and to see their interaction with the TV and the head tilts. And even when you make certain, you know, um, noises or new, you know, association with certain words, uh, the reaction you get on the dogs is uh, they're very, very smart, smart people. Well, even though they're not people, but you know what I mean. They're very, very obviously smart and, and intellectual in the way they behave. Yeah, but it's interesting that you even use the word people because I think even with my two, they're part of the family, and at times I see them being more real, more real than other people in so many ways, without a doubt. And I mean. My dogs are part of the family and, you know, they're, they're treated exactly like a member of the family from when I get up in the morning, you know, making sure they're happy, that they're fed, they wash or making sure there's someone to look after them. I suppose it's probably some things that, you know, when, when people get pet, they don't, I suppose, really maybe anticipate the amount of responsibility it is to, to have a dog. And I suppose I treat, I treat my dogs as if they were, they were children. Even if I have to go away for, for a night with walk, you know, my wife will be sending me pictures of the dogs. I'll be contacting her, making sure that they are they are they fed? Have they had enough water? Did you give them being a, a treat for being a good boy, a good girl? Did you let them out to go pee pee? I mean, it's just, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're so consuming in my life. They are exactly, I, and I say peep, I said people because they are, I treat them like a person. They are that huge part of my life. Yeah, and I think in many ways you were saying there that you don't anticipate the amount of responsibility but at the same time, I think you can never anticipate the amount of joy and and love and happiness that they bring you as well. Oh, without a doubt. And we talked in one of the, the other recordings we did, but, you know, when I come home from work in the evening, you know, I drive into my driveway, there's, there's two windows in my sitting room. Uh, one of them takes up position in one window, the other one takes up position in another <laughs> window, and the head is tilting and the tail is wagging. And once I get in, in the door, they're, they're howling, they're suckling around me, they're jumping around me, they're sniffing me to see who I've been around for the day. Have I been around any other pets? I don't quite get that reaction from the wife yet, but listen, <laughs> there's, there's, plenty, there's plenty of time there yet. Yeah, but I, I hear it being said from very reliable sources that she does actually love you, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> good, good to know, reassuring. Yeah, but from what you've described me, it's like there's two couples in your household Give me the two dogs' names again. Uh, so there's Phoebe, the cockapoo, and then Harley, the miniature jack. Yeah, so, yeah. So yeah. they're both fairly well paired off between your, yourself and your wife from the sounds of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Without a, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. So if I did ask you the question, are pets part of your family? What would you say to me? Oh, without a doubt. They are part of the family from the, the moment I wake up in the morning till the, the moment I close my eyes to go to sleep at night. Yeah. Anthony, thank you so much. I've enjoyed chatting to you as usual. Thank you so much. Thanks, Greg. Yeah, you take soon. care. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Where Pets Are Family podcast. If there are any topics that you would like us to cover, or if you would like to give us some feedback, please contact us through our Facebook and Instagram accounts. 
Until next time, have great fun with your forever friends. 